0: Welcome to Imaginative Visions Journeys, where creators from the entertainment world discuss their journey to turning their dreams
1: into reality with your host, Justin D. Williams.
0: All right. All right. All right. All right. We are back with another episode of Imagine to Visions Journeys. This is episode two, folks. And I have a wonderful, wonderful guest for everybody here today. She is a Jill of all trades. She does tattoos. She has her own. She has her own shop. She does a lot of things. And we're going to get into what she does. She's based in D.C., Everybody, please welcome a very cool and close friend of mine. Please welcome Amani K. Brown to Imagine the Visions. Amani, thank you for co- joining us today.
1: Hey, what's going on, bro? I'm
0: um, doing good, sister. How you doing? <laughs> it's good to see. you. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> I think like when you asked me about this, I was like, dang, the last time I saw Jay was literally what we were in Union Station." Yeah, like, like that ice, the the ice. <laughs>
0: thing yeah (laughs) yeah, it was during it was during oticon where i yeah you you showed me the i'm actually going to post that i'll post that folks in the showcase so you can see me and monty having fun with young Uh, um you'll see what i'm exactly what i'm talking about for the video section but for those in the audio section it was she took us to this ice place and i forgot it was in the it was in the terminal station right
1: I think y'all were about to leave to go back to New York
0: or something. Yeah. And there's there's this guy, he's like, Oh, you got to try this guy. You got to try this ice ball thing. We was like, Okay. So I take it and I just jam it in there. And then it just literally, my whole tongue just iced up quick. I was like, Oh, good God. (laughs) (laughs) But for those in the showcase section, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) For those of the showcase moment, you'll definitely see it. I I will definitely post that clip up for everybody to see it. But we're going to kick this thing off. For those who've seen our first episode, we do things based on sections. So Amani's here to talk about her journey of how she became a tattoo artist, entrepreneur, and all other things that she's doing. So we're going to kick this off of Origins. And for those who are our first-time watchers or listeners, Origins is when we, the guests, and we talk about the beginnings of how they found their passion so Imani let's start right from the beginning when did you first discover your gifts of artistry and do you remember the exact moment when you said you know what I want to do tattoos I want to be a tattoo artist
1: so I don't remember the exact moments I should say that I come from a family of artists oh, wow. um, so I think that was already like in me um my mom used to go to I know my fondest memories are the ugliest photos of me when I was a kid (laughs) when my mom used to go to uh she used to go to class and in going to class she would leave me with my grandma and the classes she was going to were her, like she was in she was in art school. So she was actually going to like photography class, uh, painting, things like that. And she would leave me with my grandma and all the ugly pictures are of me sitting on the steps with like crayons crying, like <laughs> snot running out my nose, like I wanna go. Um, so I think that would probably be when um like the indicator of yeah she's a young artist um because that's like you could you could tell me my mom was going anywhere else I didn't care about her going anywhere else but I cared about following her to her schooling um which was art classes um other than that just I made a conscious decision, I talk about this in my book, but I made a conscious decision that I wasn't built for anything else when it came time to choose to go to college. Mm -hmm. So going to college, everybody was like, you know, uh, you should go for art education go for business, go for art and X, Y, and Z. And it was just one of those things like, "Mm, nope, not built for anything else. Going for art. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what the plan was. I just knew that I wasn't going to end up in anybody's office. I didn't want to work for anybody. And it just felt, it felt right. And if I was paying for it, I should go for what I want to go for. So
0: (laughs) Exactly. And that's one thing I've always noticed about artists is that even with me, me myself as well, Mm -hmm. is that I struggle. Like I do a nine to five job right now. Every day I clock in, I'm struggling like just to get through that day because the creative side just constantly is taking over. (laughs)
1: It's
0: just like, what are you doing here? You have stories you have to do. Like I hear the characters in my head, write me this, this, this is just like, (laughs) what in the God's name? like leave me alone I have to make a living here but I've noticed that with the path of a lot of writers is that just not just writers but artists in general whether you're a game developer or a tattoo artist or whatever passion that you have creatively you're you feel stifled with that nine to five and there's always people and we'll get into that with the Roblox. but there's always people that say hey you know you need to just you know settle down do your nine to five. Oh, don't, don't worry about the art. You know, art's a yeah. very difficult, difficult struggle. You know, that's a hard path to do. Maybe you should yeah. focus on this. Have a backup plan. But then you then you leave yourself in a what if scenario. Like, what if I yeah. didn't do it? Yeah. Exactly.
1: I think that, that was the thing. Like, I was like, I don't want a backup plan. Like, this is it. All or nothing. Like, let's go. You know, my mom couldn't argue with me. I made a very good argument because she was just like, well don't you want to go for and don't you want to have a backup plan i get it you know she's the mom she's you know worried about her daughter being a struggling artist type of deal so i get that but my argument was literally i'm going to college because that's big for the family but again if i have to pay for it i'm going for what like i'm buying this product so i'm going for what i want which is going to be art I'll figure out the rest later. I got four years to figure it out. So that's all I got. And she was just like, I actually can't argue with that. So she didn't, you know, and she helped me help everybody else back off. So when everybody else was like, don't you want to go for art and, or don't you want to have a backup plan? She was just like, she made the argument guys. I don't, I don't think like, there are really no loopholes in her argument, so, so yeah. And Kudos to her for teaching me to be a self thinker. So. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's that's the that's the path of creativity. Is that's that's actually one of the most important lessons when you're creating. Is just that you do have that path that you have to choose, and it's just like yeah. there is risk involved. And like I said in the previous episode, for those who have seen it um, when it comes out, uh, you have to take risk. Risk is the key, especially if you're a creator. You have to take the risk. You can't be afraid because you're going to end up in this what is scenario you will be in that nine to five position where you're going I should have went for that I should have went to film school I should have went to that art school I should have yeah. did this or this, and it should've kind of leaves better. a like a kind of a disappointing miserable existence because you you start to become bitter with yourself because it's like you live in this bubble like you feel trapped but so that was how Amani became how she discovered but who were some of your influences in the art world that made you kind of inspired you to become like a tattoo artist or take this path in general? you know, you said your mother and you have families, but there's any other influences that you can make?
1: So my influences at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't to become a tattoo artist. My influences for becoming a tattoo artist aren't people and it's pretty dark, but my influences to become an artist was literally the Harlem Renaissance. Like I was like, I want to be that artist in Harlem doing my thing. All the great artists come from Harlem. And Roah like, I had this very romanticized view of what I wanted my life to look like as an artist, and it came from people like Romare Bearden, um, Langston Hughes, a bunch of just a bunch of a bunch of artists uh, from writers to visual artists, of uh, photographers. Um, And I can't even, like, I get excited talking about it, so I can't even name, like, a bunch of names. (laughs) My brain is all like, yes, and let's go. But in, especially in what, in learning African art and uh, art history and bringing up Uh, the Harlem Renaissance I could see myself in art so like all the time like going to art school um, you're always given like art history but you're given like really really white art history where it's just like it's cool you know I I I jam with my favorite period is Rococo and Baroque period got it but they don't look like me like what are the people who look like me doing and when when it got to that point in art history it was like that's me that's what I want to do that's what I want to be fuck it oh sorry no no (laughs) no, you can't this (laughs) is great
0: at all girl we good
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh shoot Um, oh no 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 we good (laughs) i'm literally like that's what i want to do like it wasn't they were master artists but for some reason you could feel where they were exploring themselves exploring the world around them and just kind of taking it all in and creating a process of what they actually sorry i my I want to sneeze and I'm crying Um, (laughs) but, but just in that process of taking it all in and then like just putting it out in this inspiration of what what it what it actually translate to for them was very exciting. And I was just like, that's what I wanna do. So it was literally from that particular period. So Harlem period, Harlem Renaissance period and learning about that in art history would actually be um, the artists that came out of that would be the the inspirations. Um, I know people would probably think that I'd say somebody like what's his name um, Basquiat or something, but no.
0: And there's actually a little bit more uh, influence because you, you, of course you mentioned the hard Renaissance, but a lot of your style and brand comes influenced a little bit from the Japanese culture with the yeah. kawaii. Ka- 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 yeah. So how did you get into that? type of culture as well and when did you become a fan (laughs) of that i mean i mean i know because we 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 do otakus (laughs) and geeks but for those who who don't know how did how did the japanese culture as well influence not just the brand but the style clothing and everything else that you do so
1: one i do have to blame otakus and geeks for like popping the top of being like yeah that's what you're into okay fine we have a space for you here Um, (laughs) and just kind of letting me live in it but originally I came into it so and and I talk about this my book talks about literally um how tattoos and kawaii life saved my life um but literally just in wanting something wanting to surround myself with happier things um wanting to explore you know things um is what led me to kawaii lifestyle so again that that idea of self-expression and taking in all of these things from the world is inspiration but you know you're puking them out and like you know this process of how you how you actually understand those things was really cool and now we're doing it in clothes and taking street snaps oh i'm there pull up (laughs) so that was it Was it would be going to cons Blogging for otakus and geeks. And when I blogged, I had to do a lot of research. Research sent me down rabbit holes before I knew it. I was living on Tumblr and in a sensational Kawaii life where I was like, again, this, this me, hi, me. I don't know what I could see in the styles that actually resonated. A lot of it reminded me of like nostalgic times, um, childhood, like stuff that was really like, that was my jam, yeah and seeing other people of age actually dressing um, to those things was very inspirational. So I was just like, I mean, it's not hurting anybody, might as well try it out. And next thing you know, it was like, uh, again, back to Baroque and Rococo period, it shows up here too, let's go. Like All the things are there. So, you know, all the green lights.
0: and everything became full circle and you're originally from dc as well yeah, or yeah. okay so how how did dc because d and this is one thing i always i'm glad i not have you here because you're dc and i go to dc at least yearly and used to go by mostly month yeah. before the bug came and destroyed the planet right. um, <laughs> but dc doesn't get a lot of credit when it comes to just just culturally the art the style and i think dc is really overshadowed by new york be in the you know in the metropolitan area because they're so close they're four hours apart yeah, yeah. so you know you, you hear about baltimore you hear about new york hell you even get jersey gets a little bit of credit from time to time but dc is so underrated when it comes to just the creativity and what they actually bring what they actually introduce so how has the environment of dc also played a role in the creativity of, of what you do
1: man everything so and it's funny because these days I actually nerd out about DC fashion street fashion and J street fashion because a lot of stuff that we look at in J street fashion is DC in like the 80s and 90s so it's again stuff that I grew up with so it was like Mm -hmm. well damn like you know um here it is full circle um DC had a very cool like go-go culture. So um, go-go has always played a part in my life. Um, And then once you start looking at go-go, of course, music also breeds fashion. We look at hip-hop. We know that that happens, right? Um, So for DC, we bred fashion. Fashion was these colorful letters that would spell out madness, hobo, all days, uh, things like that. And guess what? It made it all the way to Japan <laughs> with some PA tapes of go-go that literally embedded itself into Kawaii fashion. So these colorful letters that came from DC are now like colorful clothes and colorful letters that are now embedded in, in Kawaii culture and Japanese street fashion. Quiet is kept a lot of that, or a lot of that in spare was literally from DC culture, DC street fashion culture. We were very colorful Um, we did weird stuff. Uh, Guys had things like ripped jean shorts with thermals and uh, slouch socks and and Tim's on, like all types of stuff that it was like, okay, mixing of the seasons, but what's happening here? But why does it look cool? But I don't want want to wear that, but you can pull it off. Great. (laughs) It was just a very weird hodgepodge but that hodgepodge again you could tell people were just exploring themselves and it was just it was a very moody and expressive time and to see that show up in Japan was like in Japanese street fashion as I started learning about it was like I've arrived. (laughs) This is this is it like this is it. So
0: yeah. It's so funny because you brought up the go-go because I remember singer Amarie really introduced that towards the r&b hip-hop with the sounds that she was doing with what i think was uh, thank you it's one thing i I should know that because i'm like the biggest amory fan and she's from dc from what i understand so yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so she brought that type of sound and beyonce stole it but then um yeah uh, let's 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 keep it real (laughs) beyonce (laughs) borrowed it and then you know made it her own and, and but that's so interesting because that's what I mean by DC doesn't get that much credit yeah. for what they bring to the table. But yeah. now we have a idea of the origins of Amani. We 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 heard how she started, what inspired her. We're gonna get into there's no success without Roblox. Every path has the journey. So wow. Amani, what were some of the early struggles as an artist because we always hear that term struggling artist can you tell us some of the early struggles that you had when you was first beginning
1: let's see uh three struggles that I had would be um accepting that I wanted to explore art so I didn't like, you know, ADD. So you are just bouncing all over the place. I can't commit to one style. Um, and being able to embrace that because there's a special place for people like like who can actually be that fluid and well-rounded and move around and things. So being being able to embrace that was a huge struggle. I still struggle with it. Um, money. <laughs> so when we actually talk about the struggling artists, we're literally talking about money. Um, and uh, what was the the third one? Would probably be um, it wouldn't be making. I want to say making the decision, but no, that wasn't a struggle at all. That was just like I'm here. It's gonna be art or nothing. Um, Probably finding the space, like literally finding that space that would answer the call of like money situation um, and being able to move around. So like actually having something that would support those two things um, and finding space in art to do that thing um, was, I think those were the, the main three roadblocks. Um, I'm a big dreamer, so uh, I'm I'm huge into being a visionary and I don't, I'm just now learning how to actually break down big visions and dream big and all that good stuff. But I would dream big before and then also like naysayers. So I think that would be probably like the fourth thing. So when people be like, you know, like you said before, to your point, you know, oh, get a backup plan, oh, do this, do that. You know, the naysayers of I don't believe in you and you'll be so excited about it. You're like to the moon sorry, Dogecoin. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> we were just looking at stocks this morning, but literally like, you're just like, yeah, I can do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And then here come people like, you know, have a backup plan. What if you fall? What if you fail? What if, you know, X, Y, and Z, and you haven't thought about any of that stuff. Why? Because you know, you can do it. It's just, you know, figuring out how, like, you know, so much you can do it, that you can almost reach out and touch it, but people come in and will break all of that down, which I find interesting because as a kid, they tell you you could do whatever you want. So um, until about age 12, it's like, you can, you can reach the stars and you can go to the moon and you can do this. And By the time you're 12 and you're like, well, actually, I do want to reach the stars and go to the moon. No, 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 you can't do that. No mm-hmm. kid, that's, that's, you know, um, so I think naysayers and, and that disbelief of whether I could make it in art, um, since that was like literally, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to figure it out. But this feels like where I'm supposed to be. I don't have any immediate answers for you. Um, and I'm OK with that. I need you to be OK with that type of deal was always, uh, was always a roadblock. Um, so I
0: just nixed people out of my life. Um, and I think to touch on just to piggyback what you just said, that's very important to when you're not to just keep beating ahead of the theme of dream killers, but there are people out there that you will, you would think will be supportive of you and and what you're doing with your path. And then next thing you know, they're like, Oh, you know what you, you make, you you shouldn't do this. And you And then then you're like, why are you trying to stop me? Like you start, you start having that feeling your mind you're like why are you trying to stop me like what's the problem if I I make it it, I make it don't you think if I make it I'm going to take care of y'all too like like, (laughs)
1: like, (laughs) in in people who are literally just like okay let's think about this logically let's figure out how we're going to do it you know and then those literal dream killers who are like nah fam like you're never you'll never get there you'll never do this you know what I mean um those people For the birds, that's that's old news. Um, We're not doing that here, so (laughs) but you know, I do keep people around who will help me think logically. So if dreams seem too big, they'll help me bring it down so that that way it becomes attainable for me. Those people are different from naysayers and dream killers, those people are actually like they're
0: useful, (laughs) exactly. Like, I mean, you can have like the biggest dream, but. Yeah, it's always important. And I want to touch on that with you just that it's always important folks to have people who not say bring you down to reality, but bring it down to the point like, okay, let's like like, like, we're not going to go out of space. We we can't go to space right now. We're not trained astronauts. We can try. But I mean, if you want to do that, maybe you can. Try to go into NASA and then try to see you get into space. <laughs> Things like they're, that. They're like. the people
1: who give you the tether. So if you're into space movies and you're always floating in space, they always have a tethering thing to help. Pull you back and keep you from floating wildly in space. Those are the those are the tethers. As I would like, those are people who literally like, okay, okay. So I believe in you. I just don't want you floating wildly. So I'm going to make sure there's a tether here. So you need to come back down and reground yourself. That you could, you got this. But other than that, go be great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's and that's the thing when it comes to especially with creative people is when we touch more on the struggling artist theme right that we're, we're talking about here is you mentioned finances that's probably the hardest part when it comes to pursuing your goals and making your dreams into reality is finances is how do i fund my project without a taking a big bank loan and having to pay that back b without trying to do a nine to five like do you, yeah. do you freelance did you go to different shops to just you know what did you do to kind of tackle those type of issues? so I
1: did freelance first and I I talk about this all the time because I'm like the hustle is so separate, guys. I need y'all to understand this. <laughs> <I> can <could laughs> dream for free, you could dream all day. The hustle part that's so separate. But I did dream, I did uh freelance first. So I would start doing freelance in college and learning like that literally. I was right working for somebody else just wasn't my jam and it got in the way of things that I needed to do to actually reach my dreams so working and working working a job even in college was not the move but I needed money so um so I started doing actually uh what was I doing? Uh, headshots. Um, since I had I had the photography studio, I was a photography student and I had keys and my friends needed headshots, professional headshots for their jobs. Hey, look, my job is to make sure you look good. Um, so I started doing that freelance. That turned into doing like commission and other freelance work. Um, And I did that study. Eventually, I started a photography business while I was in college um, that helped me just, you know, just kind of survive, just float through, um, have money for, you know, odds and ends, eating, all of that good stuff. It, I registered it when I came home after I graduated. And then I realized that all the money was in doing weddings. Mm. And nah, I don't I don't have the temperament for that, like, mm-hmm. I wanted a <laughs> bride, <laughs> um, and what? I was like, it's gonna mess up the money that I finally, you know, got to for now, so mm-hmm. I decided not to do that, and I got my first, my first actual job, which was at Ritz Cameron, so still in photography, and mm-hmm. that's because I could use the resources that were there for free, um, which were people. It wasn't like the, the the chemistry or anything like that to do photos. It was literally the people who came in. There were other photography owners uh, and business owners who were coming into Ritz Camera, and I used that as an up to find out my next resources to get to, like, the next step. So literally each step, I would just kind of, what do I need now? Like, what's the immediate need? I know it's money, but what do I need the money for,
0: Exactly.
1: you know, and then, you know, figure out how much I actually need and how, what, what I'm actually willing to give of myself to get that. So it was always like this balancing act of, is that worth it type of deal? Um, and that's, that's usually what I did like freelance, um, assign the money. And then, um, these days trying to grow the money. So that was, that was literally it. Um, and then putting, I think I became attracted to how to put things that were successful on repeat Mm -hmm. so that that way I could keep money coming in the door because that was the thing like you know for artists, we could get money, we'll learn how to get money one time, but we don't figure out how to put that on a cycle of repeat. And exactly. that's where I was, was like, well, any other business puts everything else on a cycle. CVS, McDonald's, there's always some shit on the cycle. So mm-hmm. how do I put this on a cycle? So I keep money coming in the door. And when I was in, in tattoo is when I started saying that I wanted to, I wanted, <laughs> there's somebody screaming outside. Sorry. Um, right. <laughs> it was odd. I thought it was cicadas at first, but nah, that was a human. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, uh, with that, just, you know, trying to figure out, and I talked to my tattoo mentor where I was like, I'm trying to figure out how to put like the money that is coming in the door on repeat. I don't want to wait and guess how much is going to come in, which is usually the mindset and cycle of an artist or any, most creatives actually is literally just like, well, where's my next money going to come from? I know I want my next money to come from this. How do I make that happen? The end, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so so that's what I did. Um, and yeah, like I just now I'm just trying to figure out how to put them on repeat even bigger. So, yeah.
0: And before we get into the destination, just one more question for the mm-hmm. Roblox. You having your own brands such as Little Ink Pink Play Shop and, of mm-hmm. course, iPuke. What were some of the challenges getting that started when it came to just from the creativity, collaborative effort? And what were some of the roadblocks with those?
1: My roadblocks, my biggest roadblocks were myself.
0: Mm. Um so
1: fear of the unknown. So again, the dream is so big and you believe in it so much that you can reach out and touch it, but you really know you don't have a plan of how you're going to sustain it. So what happens after you touch it? <laughs> um so it's fear of the unknown. Um, I had huge imposter syndrome, uh, things we still struggle with is like any cycle of of creativity, you're still going to struggle with it. So huge imposter syndrome and I had to figure out how to get out of my way, um, which the biggest roadblock was getting out of my head, um, was to get out of my way, um, talk about it actually voice it out and I became a proponent of actually talking to yourself um because sometimes you know things sound good in your head until you say it out loud and you say it and it's like the hell I was thinking that that don't even make sense so after a while you know I have people I talk to of course um my tattoo mentor is is was a huge part in that but if it was something that was like I just need to get it out let's just see what this sounds like I would actually talk to myself um i would actually talk to myself so in talking to myself and talking to other people i was able to actually remove myself from in front i was the biggest roadblock for for actually getting my success these days um i'm still the biggest roadblock for getting my success these days um so i usually still have to go back to square one of that cycle of okay what did you do last time to get out of your way? Do that again and add one more thing. Like, just keep pushing. So that was,
0: that's literally like the biggest roadblock. Still is. And, and I think that's for, for everybody, every single human being, we all get in our own way at yeah. some point, especially because there's doubt, there's, you know, there's insecurities, there's things that we deal with just as being, mm-hmm. just for just being human from life experiences. But once you overcome that, you get to your destination, which is our yeah. next step so how did you feel when you first did your first tattoo and your first brand comes out how did you feel was it just like i did it it's like yes
1: <laughs> wait so my first tattoo in general or my first tattoo in in little in shop in my studio
0: yeah your studio
1: in my studio i don't know i was i think i this is going to sound mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: i felt stupid okay (laughs) and reason being again being in your own way you put so much self-doubt in the way Mm. that literally by the time I did my first tattoo it was like Imani like this is what you've been doing all along you're just doing it in a new space (laughs) Mm. it was literally like the the process doesn't change the the process doesn't change, um, your customers are still your customers, you don't change as an artist in terms of how you attract your customers, that's why they're there, um, it's just a new space, so you just have, you know, added responsibility, but doing a tattoo, like, literally, it was like, okay, so, you were scared about getting a new space to do tattoos like what is this um, so it was literally like I felt stupid like I was just I was talking to myself and it was like girl you are tripping I think I remember doing my first tattoo and having a whole conversation I called the people upstairs in my head a council six of them um and literally the council having a conversation like oh like if I had to, and I can't, I, I still have to illustrate this. The council, literally there's a round table in my head and everybody sits around this round table. But the round table is big. So nobody can actually reach across to touch each other or anything like that. But <laughs> they'll argue a lot of times. And it was one of those things, like just a whole conversation of like, girl, you are stupid like what why did you wait so long why did we not do this sooner i told you like you know like it it just felt like a bunch of self bickering inside where it was just like yeah you could have did this years ago like. But we're here now, so what are we going to do now, you know? And after a while, by the time the tattoo ended, it was literally like, okay, so we've arrived, so what do we do next? <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's how I felt. Um, it was probably one of the silliest moments. Uh, a lot of those moments happen when I tattoo, where literally it'll be a lot of self-reflection, a lot of the council, like, yelling at each other, um, a lot of, like, teddy bears and confetti being thrown in my head while I'm tattooing. I'm very present, <laughs> and it's really weird. But those things happen a lot of times, and those are usually the times when I'm talking to myself the most is while I'm tattooing, and that's usually what's happening. So yeah, that's that's it during my first tattoo in my then studio because the studios moved twice. Um, or moved once since I opened it so it's had two spaces it's had two iterations of spaces Mm. um and that first iteration it was just like you were really scared huh (laughs) this is a lot simpler than what we made it seem like in our head why did we do this to ourselves (laughs) like you know like we made a mountain out of a molehill um for 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 real so it was you know it is what it is, but we're here now.
0: And now and, and now that you're here, if you can time travel back in time, what advice would you give your younger self to make the roadblocks a little bit more easier?
1: Embrace them. Ah, embrace the roadblocks. Embrace the things that seem silly. Um, embrace the things that don't have any particular meaning right now. Um, Yeah, just embrace it. Um, Embrace the quirkiness. Embrace, you know, uh, not knowing. Mm -hmm. You know, embrace all of that. So that's, I think that's where, I think that's where. where I would be like I would literally just be like you know it's fine don't fight it because I think a lot of a lot of my trials came from trying to fight it like oh no that's not normal you're not supposed to do that it's supposed to be this way you know and instead of just embracing it and finding your way from embracing it finding your way from that vulnerability um so you know now I'm just like fuck it just embrace everything
0: (laughs) (laughs) and um one more question for our our our, before we get into the showcase where we we, will discuss your projects what advice do you would you like to give to younger uh up-and-comers who are trying to obviously get into the art game tattoo game and usually i i always tell people this when it comes to um the advice section we all do the standard, believe in yourself, work hard, work ethic. What real <laughs> advice can you give to these people? Like copyright, watch your money, yeah, things like that. What? what hey guys, yes. believe in yourself. You can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, th- those are the generic <laughs> advice that people always give. In yeah, we, we know that. But how did you get here? What did you do? (laughs) So So what advice can you give them?
1: I would honestly say make a plan, like write everything down. Um, so no matter how unrealistic it would seem, um, don't let it stay there in your head, write that shit down, like write it down, see it, see yourself. Um, and then from that, make a plan, make a decision of what you're going to go for. Cause the decision has to come before the plan. So <laughs> make a decision of what it is that you want to do. Like, is it worth it? Are you going to go for it? Um, you know, don't have no plan B plan B's are whack. Like, don't have no backup plan. Um, If you make that decision, when you make your decision, make your decision, stand on it, make a plan, go for it, the end. those are like literally like make your dreams tangible so if it's living in your head get it out write it down see yourself talk to yourself if you have to get friends involved if you have to make your own real life counsel not the one in your head because it could get scary up there but <laughs> your own in real life counsel where you can actually talk about the things that you wrote down do these things seem silly um i was thinking about these things and i could see myself like actually bring talk the more you talk it out the more you're willing it into existence the more you're actually telling the universe what it is that you want and that will unfold before you know it the minute that you ground yourself in it so literally getting it out your head writing it down making a decision and making a plan will ground yourself in it to where the universe will unfold whatever else that you will need um, as you go along so
0: do that that is the perfect advice and planning is always something that you have to do because if you don't plan yeah. you're running with your chicken with his head cut off so yeah. it, it's just really important like like money just said, get your ideas down write it down execute execute, yeah. execute 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 don't worry about the results till later but the point yeah. is get your stuff out there everybody yeah. and most fair importantly fair. especially if you your artist copyright your stuff. <laughs> yes. there's,
1: um, there's two quotes um, that I actually live by. One is by Einstein that the imagination is just a, 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 a preview of what's to come for you. So whatever you can see in your imagination can actually be done. Um, it's literally just a preview of what's, what what can come for you, of what is to come for you if you make the decision. And then the other one is is that dreams without a plan are just wishes. So if you have dreams and you never make a plan, you just have a wish and you just hope it comes true, but you're pretty much just kind of shooting in the dark and you're not going to get the results you want. So use your imagination you know that whatever you see there can happen now make a plan for it and let's go let's
0: do it I hear that and we are gonna go into our showcase speaking of dreams that became plans and it came to reality with Imani you alluded to in the uh early in the show about a book so first Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your book so
1: my (laughs) my book Sorry, I wasn't trying to elude. I swear.
0: Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's, that's no. It's perfect. It's perfect because we. That's the whole <laughs> of showcase. It's, it's, this is where we get into the nitty gritty of, you know, telling everybody about your products because you want, you know, we, you want people to know about it. So tell us a little bit Fair. about the book. We're gonna touch on the documentary that you're working. Uh, is that is that out or is that still going on in the documentary? Uh, so
1: there's no documentary yet. Okay. Actually, the book kind of took me on
0: another path, so we'll okay. talk about that though. I'll okay, tell so, you because
1: okay. you'll probably love this one. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, so, my book is my personal. It's it's a memoir. And it is a self-reflective journey of everything that it took to become from unknown to surviving to thriving artists, um, using tattoo and kawaii to save my life. So um, I'm bipolar one, and with being that, uh, being able to say that you know, your debt and other conditions like growing up in a single family home in the hood, all these stories we already know type of deal. Um, all of those things, your circumstances don't define you. And I'm a living testament to that. So when people say like, oh, that you're just one in a million, da da da, da well let me leave some type of some type of legacy behind that can help you actually, you know, actually defeat your own circumstances um just as well uh because i'm not one in a million there are plenty other black people who literally have decided that their circumstances don't define them Um, Mm -hmm. but i don't think we talk enough about um embracing the dark spaces uh what those circumstances were that you overcame and talking about them loudly and proudly Um, so that's what my book does is talk about like how I came into this whole realm of self-expression for personal wellness um how I became more of an advocate for like self radical self-love in terms of you know in terms of using self-expression as a way to explore yourself the world around you and to create the life that you really do want to live so that's that shop gal the memoir it's embracing hope happiness and happenstance it's also a love letter to my dad um had. Mm-hmm a year into me having my studio okay this might actually be a real cry um, he passed uh yeah a year into me having my studio almost abruptly I almost missed his death and I felt guilty so I didn't want to work anymore and I almost lost my studio and my home because I was willing to let my dreams die with my dad and he wouldn't want that. So I wrote it as a way to get out of my own way and get back to work because that's what he would have wanted. His, his his worry before passing was my financial future <laughs> as an entrepreneur, mm. don't get it twisted. My dad wasn't a naysayer. He believed in it. He was just like, just make sure you're securing yourself along the way.
0: He's always
1: believed in it.
0: That's the most parents. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And my dad, he's a black man with good credit. (laughs) 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 So I had to kind of listen. So with that, it was like, I'll take this journey. It Mm -hmm. does see me in some dark spaces that I did overcome. But I needed to see what I've already accomplished so mm-hmm. that I could go on. So, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: but this, that's... This, this, this is... That's, that's what... It's no apologies. This is what the journey is about. Is, there's, there's tears, there's anger, there's happiness. This is what the journey is about. The journey yeah. is about those roadblocks, those deep personal uh, feelings that surfaces because it's like you come out of that and you know we all we all reflect on who we lost like i've lost i lost my uncle like it was really really close to me and yeah. he i think he passed away before i think he passed once the book dropped but he never got a chance to read it mm-hmm. so it when cry hero dropped and he never to this day i'm just like damn i wish i gave him a copy you know because i didn't know the severity of it yeah. And of, of how bad he was, and then by the time, you know, I I never shared this with anybody, but his last words to me when I saw him in the hospital was "be patient," was "be patient's gonna work," and I was just like, "yeah." And to this day, like now I'm seeing how everything's coming together. I'm like, yeah. "wow," it, it just it, it it hits you. It just goes, "holy God," he, you you never know, especially like I I always feel like people know on their way out when they're transitioning to the to the next to the next journey is that they they know they kind of see what yeah. you're going to become and they just like yeah. they just reassure just like so let we'll me make sure that just cure it so let we'll me make sure you're good and yeah. him him saying justin be patient it was just like and then you know a couple you know two years yeah. later this magic visions and everything's you know it's happening you're like wow. yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it gets it, it really gets to that and you know with the book I think with just you being able to convey that especially with your book and and just journeying that it's always it's very therapeutic especially when you're writing a memoir when you're writing about all this all this bottle-up emotions all the, the journey because you' you're literally putting your your struggles you're, you're basically telling the world in the mirror like this is me guys this is what you're yeah. seeing what I, mean, I yeah, see in my reflection. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it, it's, it's the toughest part especially just when you're on that journey you're still on that journey but when yeah. you're going back and you're going through those narratives and, and it had to be especially when you're just opening about your dad because i'm pretty sure that's in the book as well and it's yeah. just yeah like it's just <laughs> like it, it opens up a whole thing but when you look at it now you sit back and you just go wow i got the shop i got this i got that yeah and it's just like wow like, like certainly
1: in the book I looked at and
0: I was like I did that shit
1: whoa -hmm. but also I think in a space of just surviving you do things um and me and me and uh Jackie were actually just talking about this uh Damon John's book uh 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 the power broke he talks about you know uh how how scarcity breeds ingenuity um and that that happens when you're just trying to survive a lot of times. We know it as Black people. We've seen it all the time. <laughs> That's why we're resilient. So at the end of the day, I did the same thing that I'm embedded to know to do in terms of surviving. I just never had the space to stop and look back and appreciate those, those milestones and moments to be like, dang, since you did that, like mm-hmm. you did that. You know, so it was, it was very therapeutic, not just in a way of saying what's up to my dad. I won't say I say goodbye because it's definitely dedicated to him. He definitely has a page of the book at his grave, all these great things. He's definitely very much living um, through that work. But in that, I got a chance to say, I got a chance to see what my survival looked like, um, what my resilience, what my constancy actually looks like, um, so that I can do better with that, you know, with those tools going forward. Because they're actual tools. It's just now, now that I know the tools are there, I know they're crafted. How do I sharpen them so I can do better for my next, my next, uh, my next season in life? So that's that's really been been a huge thing for
0: that book and you were alluding you said that you started a documentary but it turned into the book so what was the documentary going to be
1: so the documentary originally i wanted to do a documentary about black tattoo culture um and then i was like that's not the start that's not that's not i want to say something about that but that's not i'm a part of black tattoo culture So, and a living historical part. So at the end of the day, I didn't need to reach so far to tell a story about Black tattoo culture and what it looked like. Um, I could just literally talk from personal experience. I'm the Mm -hmm. second Black female for the US. Yeah, that. So, So that is one of those things, like I've already seen a lot Um, in terms of black tattoo culture and I can share that um, from a very intimate and personal view Um, so I decided to pull back from the documentary and that's when the memoir came and now the memoir will become a manga Uh,
0: okay (laughs) oh that's good all right nice because
1: I've been doing manga work Um, and I want to get back into it. So what's crazy is about the book is that it reignited um, that part of my life where Mm. it was like, I see it, guys. I know this story, and I'm going to do 12 chapters. Like, I have a whole idea pretty much mapped out in terms of this. It's just getting through certain milestones so I can get to the drawing board and actually get the thing out. But, But literally it's turned into a manga, um, and it will, the the manga itself will focus on Black tattoo culture, um, but also still from a personal, from a personal journey, uh, from a Black girl's journey um, Mm -hmm. in in tattoo culture, because there's a lot of questions about, like, being a Black female and tattoo, and, you know, traveling to Japan and working there, and, you know, how you take up space and command the respect and things like that, so I think having that in a, in a manga would be really, really fun. Um, but you know, especially from it won't come from like an apathetic, um, I've been here umpteenth years old lady, angry, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, exactly, you know, let me teach you these lessons back in my day. I don't want that, that's why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that lady. Like, that's whack. That's whack. Um, I want to be like the cool grandma in tattoo culture. Like,
0: yeah. yeah. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to be like, oh, I guess
1: oh, it's like. I want to be like the baddie winkle of black tattoo
0: culture. Yeah. So, you, don't, you don't want to have a manga, but like, I'll show you how to do this, son. <laughs> right? like, you know,
1: like, I want this old lady. I want an old lady in the mind. Maybe I'll put that in there. I want her doing cartwheels with a cane. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> talk about some magical girl turn up <laughs> but but yeah that's that's I I think I think doing it in that right is more authentic to me um mm-hmm. uh, more authentic to the people I want to reach um you know uh again I don't want to tell it from a uh I've been in tattoo these many years but there are still things in tattoo um and in that personal journey that can help other people Um, without shaking McCain. So,
0: yeah, that's gonna be a journey. That's that manga in itself. I can tell you that's gonna be, that's 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 the script. (laughs) Old
1: lady's gonna be the conscience. Oh my god,
0: that's gonna be the script right there. Like, because I I can tell you just from writing um Cry Hero. My name is Rachel and. Spades as well. Just the process, like you like how you just literally visually seeing it. That's how my writing <laughs> process goes. Like I literally see everything, every emotion. Yeah. I feel it, and then it just yeah. it's just a matter of putting it pen to paper. But as yeah. we transition more into before we get in, we get into our last section, which is the road ahead, I did promise y'all the clip. So for those who are watching this on video, you can watch. You're gonna see the clip while me and i discuss more on the audio really quickly. So I'm gonna. Go to the clip and Amani, let's just have some little fun audio-wise. Um, what was the most just a fun question before we wrap this up? What, what? tattoo did you someone asked you to draw that made you just go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um what was the WTF? Every tattoo artist has one <laughs> where you just like nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs>
1: So, this is okay. Here's a story I tell often. Um, hold on, I'm sending a link. There you go. Okay. Um, the there's this guy who came in, and this was when I was working at Penn's, and he was like, You have a he was like, I heard you, you're the girl to see for fine line tattoos. And I was like, yes, that's me. And, and he was really aggressive about it, but also soft at the same time. Like it was this real weird energy. Like it was just like, yeah, like who's asking? You know what I mean? Um, And he was like, I want the Lord's prayer in the pit of my arm, but I want it upside down. And I was just like, let me guess, so you can read it? And he was like, yeah, cause it's for me. And I was like, you're not gonna be able to read that like hours after I do it because it's in the pit of your arm and those lines are going to bleed together and it's just going to look like bleh and he was just like but I'm paying so you should honor my request and do whatever you want whatever I want and I was like actually no tattoo doesn't work that way and I love tattoo because literally it's the one industry where the customer is never right (laughs) (laughs) so as much as we want to give great customer service like there are certain things that come in ridiculous and it's just like let me let me just hold a mirror to your face so you can see how stupid you are Mm -hmm. and I literally was like yeah tattoo doesn't work that way um as much as I love your money I don't want to have to tell you that you when you walk out you can't tell anybody I did this tattoo and he was like but I won't tell anybody you did this tattoo and I was like lies and garbage somebody referred you to me like that just doesn't even sound right (laughs) it was like so when when you're all proud about this shitty tattoo you're gonna be like Imani did it I don't want that on my record no
0: facts
1: (laughs) (laughs) and he just looked at me and he was like I'll take my money elsewhere and I literally like as he walked out the door and I did the pettiest thing and I opened the door and I waved like you like you wave at somebody walking down the street and I was like have a good night (laughs) and my tattoo master just died laughing he was like you know that was stupid because you didn't even tell him you love him before you just like just crushed his dreams. Usually the the joke is, is that usually before I tell people that their idea is stupid, I'll literally look at them, smile and say, I love you. Mm. But, and then, (laughs) and then everything comes out. So the joke in the shop has always been, as soon as I say, I love you, I'm about to crush somebody's dreams. And I'm like, I don't mean to. That's why I tell them I love them first (laughs) because From a place of love it's just stupid
0: <laughs> yeah it's like when your parents punished you they like after they gave you the ass will be like now you know i love you
1: <laughs> it's gonna hurt me more than it hurts you like yes it's gonna hurt me to tell you no and that this is stupid but fam this is, let me save you from yourself that's my god that's my god. that's that's yeah that one um, that's
0: a weird one <laughs>
1: There was this guy who came in, the other weirdest one, and I didn't tattoo it either. He wanted the Lord's Prayer. What is it with the Lord's Prayer? He wanted the Lord's Prayer in Japanese. How does that work? Well, he asked me to translate it. So I just pulled up my Japanese Bible because I said, I asked him a few questions, which I would normally do with anybody who wants anything translated in another language. And I asked him a few questions. I was like, do you speak Japanese? And he was like, no. Okay, so what's your connection? Are you at least a nerd? Like, do you watch anime? Like something. Give me something. And he was like, no why do you want it in Japanese? It looks prettier than English. And I was like, fam, your eyes are deceiving you. Uh, so, (laughs) so, So I pull up the Japanese Bible and I was like, this is the Lord's prayer. And it's like double the size of what it would be in English. And it's like in three different writing systems. So you still want this? And he was like, why would you think that I want it that way? Why wouldn't it be in all kanji? And I was like, "Cause Japanese is in all kanji. It's like three to four different writing systems. If you spoke Japanese, fam, before you got this on your body, you would know this." <laughs> 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 and he was just like, "Oh, well, I'll think about it." And I was like, "All right." And he was like, "So if I want that, if I want that script." How much would you charge me to translate it and i was like i'll charge you five thousand dollars for you to have access to my japanese bible <laughs> he was just like wait you're really going to charge me but you're not going to train first of all it's already translate why am i translating something i just pulled it up for you but since we're having this stupid conversation you're going to pay me for the brain cells i just lost which is going to be five thousand dollars <laughs> So, yeah, he ended up getting the Lord's Prayer. He was getting it from another artist in the first place. He just wanted me to translate it. But he ended up getting it in English because I was right. So. so yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's always something. And, folks, that was our audio exclusive. Yeah, yeah. So- and it's an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: an exclusive. Let's go.
0: Come on. It's like- Okay, so now for those who are watching, who's finished watching what we did video, we are at the last section of the show, the road ahead. So, Amani, this is where you plug, plug in. Where can people reach you? Where can they follow you? And tell us what is up next for you.
1: Woo! Okay, so I'll tell you where you can reach and follow me first, because then I'll tell you what's up next. Hopefully, you'll want to follow this journey. Hooray! Anything um social media, I am at ipukekawaii. Kawaii. Um, my website is ipukekawaii.com. It's i P U K E K A W A I I. So it literally translates to I puke cuteness. Um mm-hmm. so ipukekawaii.com, puke kawaii.com, uh, I puke Kawaii on Facebook. I puke Kawaii on Instagram and I puke Kawaii on Twitter. I am um, also searchable by my real name, Amani K. Brown, on anything. So if you just wanted to do a quick Google search, if you don't remember it, that's fine too. Um, you will definitely find me that way as well. Um, and what's up next is the Afro Kawaii experience. Um, so to bring this book to life, because Mm -hmm. it did make me extremely (laughs) self-aware, um, and it made me not want to talk about the book anymore, but what I found important to talk about is taking up space, um, as a Black alternative person and, Um, in a a lifestyle, a culture, and an aesthetic that doesn't seem to be for Black people, but actually is. Um, So uh, talking more about that, I'll be building a community around that, around the Afro-Kawaii experience. You can follow at Afro-Kawaii Style on Instagram. Um, And yeah, uh, I have a live cast coming up soon. It's 13 13 movers and shakers of nice. Black alternative creatives who have literally um, used their creativity as a way to cope, same as me, but also... Um, extended their creative voice to their particular uh, culture um, or lifestyle of choice, their alternative lifestyle. So we have like uh, Jackie from Adorn by Chi, uh, Brie from um, B from, uh, from Quirktastic, John Quill Art, uh, Arcisa of Harajuku Tattoo, all these people who are Black um, <laughs> 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 where people say like that's weird, Black people don't do that. Let me tell you, we do some of the dope and shit, and we make it our own so that's the journey that i am on now is actually expanding and opening up more about the afro kawaii experience um so that you can see that it's it's not just me <laughs> mm-hmm. there are more um black people out there we all know in blurred culture especially that black people are are doing a damn thing so you know to see that in kawaii culture um since kawaii almost like a cousin to hip-hop. Um, mm-hmm. Then with that, uh, uh, being able to actually open up that journey and share more about what, what we look like as cousins.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and folks, um, of course, um, to wrap this up, uh, obviously, matchesdivisions.com that you're watching it here or you're watching this on YouTube, you're watching it probably on YouTube most likely, uh, Cry Hero One and Two are available right now. My name is Rachel, it's coming out soon. And of course, if you like what we do here, like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell if you're watching us on YouTube. Most importantly, visit imaginativevisions.com. Amani, it has been a pleasure. I and
1: love you, Jay. Love you
0: too, sis. This was <laughs> a, a, a hell of an episode, an amazing journey. I wish you the best. And I'm going to hit that intro out. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. We'll see you later, later days thank you for joining us for imaginative vision journeys if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from imaginative visions you can visit imaginativevisions.com